What do you get when you put a school bus and a creative finance person? You get the finance bar. Today, we'll be chatting with the founder, Marsha Barnes, as to how she's using it to bridge a financial gap. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hola, hola, qué gusto de tenerte. How awesome it is to have you here. I am your host, Jen Hemphill. And if you're listening to this day, it goes live. It is the very last day of November. And it is so hard to believe that we are about to embark in another December. And that 2018 is right around the corner. Today, I'm introducing you to another fantastic woman in the personal finance space. She, for me, is by far one of the most creative people in the personal finance space. So in today's episode, you're going to learn what her memories of going to the amusement park, but eating the pack lunch in the parking lot taught her. You're going to learn how the popularity of the food trucks gave her the vision of the finance bar. And you're going to learn what exact tools she uses for her Saturday morning money dates and her exact process. Let me share with you a little bit about Marsha Barnes. Marsha is certified as a finance social worker and as a financial educator and a certified credit report reviewer. She has been named as a female tech leader in the finance industry. Her personal finance expertise and zest for financial awareness has allowed Marsha to share and partner with numerous media outlets and brands on and offline, including the Tom Joyner Morning Show, Northwestern Mutual, State Farm, Forbes.com, Essence, Black Enterprise, and more. ¿Listos? Are you ready? Vamos a conocerla. Let's go meet her. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have you here, Marsha. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to do this interview and for some reason, it's just now happening. So I am excited to have you here. I'm glad to be here, Jen. Thank you for having me. One of the things that I've really enjoyed just in following you is your energy. Everything on Instagram, you're very creative. You create an atmosphere of money where it's very welcoming. So I really, really appreciate that and everything that you do. So I am excited to get to know you better. And so are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Awesome. So let's start with your money story. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up around money. Maybe some conversations you heard, maybe something that you experienced. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I would say growing up, uh, Jen, what I didn't know about money, maybe not exactly what I heard, but what I saw. Um, and what I mean by that is that if I think way back uh, to my childhood, and I was just sharing this with my husband the other day, we were talking about uh, my dad. Um, and I said, you know, I think w when I was a little girl, uh, it was just my brother and I, I have a big brother that's what two years older than me, is that I can't remember that our family wanted a lot or had to want for a lot. But at the same time, uh, you know, as a kid, it's like you always kind of got what you want. You don't remember moments where 
there was financial struggle or you or maybe it did exist and you didn't know. But I also remember a side where uh, my mom always clipped coupons. She always did that. And still to this day, she does that, Jen. So I think very on uh, my money story was that you can live a very nice life, a decent life, a loving life, but you can still do well financially and manage your money well. So, and I guess what I mean by saying that, Jen, is that I I never saw a moment where my parents had to want for a lot of things, but I also didn't see my parents go crazy with money either. They were always very good with budgeting their money. And then my mom still, like I said, to this day, she's still good with money. My parents divorced when I was about, what, 13 years old. I may have been a little younger than that, Jen. Sorry, I can't remember the exact time. But even after that, like she still had those same habits. Um, And my dad still does to this day. And then my mom remarried and she still carried on those traits. So for me, my money story, Jen, has always been as even from a little girl growing up, I don't remember wanting for things that I needed or things that I wanted. But I also saw my mom live in a way where she was very good with managing the money that she had at that moment. So that's truly my money story. And it is still to this day. Awesome. So it sounds like they set really a good example mm-hmm. of managing money of and not even just managing money, but living life in general, because Absolutely. they did what they needed to. And they did it with sounds like pride, they did it with joy. And it didn't mm-hmm. sound you know, that's what I'm I'm hearing from you, which I think I s- sounds like that was that's just fantastic. Because we hear these upbringings, where there's where we observe struggle, where we observe parents arguing around money, but that wasn't the case for you. So you had this really great upbringing. Let's move to on to adulthood, you meet your now husband or tell us how that money story filtered into your marriage or how has the talking of the money with your husband been? How has, especially him being, having a different background. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I would say it kind of spiraled what what I saw, Jen, kind of spiraled over for me because now as an adult, and as you said, um, as a married woman, but I've been knowing my husband since I was 14 years old. So we kind of grew up together. So he knew my parents very early on. And I basically married my high school sweetheart. So I think mentally what what has been embedded in me since I was younger is that you can still live a really great life, but you don't have to go overboard with everything. So mm-hmm. what, what I mean by that is that I remember vacationing with my parents. I remember going to the amusement park that's really now somewhat expensive. But guess what I also remember? I remember us going to that amusement park all the time. But I also remember us going outside of the amusement park and eating lunch Mm -hmm. and going back in because my mom had packed all of that stuff for us. So, you know, now in the, the times that we live in, it's very much, you know, you go to the park, you eat in the park, you go on vacation, you go to Disney, you eat at Disney, mm-hmm. and then you go to all the stores and you spend all the money. So for me now, what I have taken from my parents is that, guess what? You can do all of those things. And it's even okay to eat there, but it's also okay to take a non-traditional method to say, you know what? 
if I want to go here and I want to do those things, why can't we cut back on some of the other things? Does that make sense, Shannon? Oh, absolutely. When we earn more money as adults or my husband earns more money or he gets a promotion, does that mean we have to now go get a bigger house or a nicer car? So those are things that I remember from my parents. And it wasn't coming from a place of lack. It was just that I now know that when I'm at a place of contentment, or at a place from earning money, it doesn't mean now I'm no longer happy with the things that I have. Now mm-hmm. I need bigger, I need more. And I just always saw my parents move at a space of both my mom and my dad, they moved at a space of this works for us. Like it's good. Like we're, we, we did vacation. We're living where we want to live right now. And that is enough because I realized that when it comes to things, I'm very big on things don't make me happy anyway. Like my, and and I think that's a a blessing for my husband because he knows it doesn't take a lot of things to please me at all. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I gathered from my parents is that you get to a point or some people get to a point. I know that I have, and I think that my husband has as well is that we know that what we have is enough for us. And it has nothing to do with when you earn more, you get more. And that's something that I always say that, I love that I grabbed from my parents, even if they didn't say it to me, I still remember it. And it's something that I carry with me to this day. Right. And I love that. What we have is enough. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I love that because one, it shares a message of being content with what you have, but it also doesn't mean that don't strive for big goals. But what you're talking about is the material things, like Uh maybe not having that big old fancy car all with all the extra things in it, but really being more happy with just maybe not so many upgrades or buying a used car that you know will get you from A to B. So I love that message. What we have is enough. Just being content and appreciating that um, because... Uh That's what you know. And if your life is happy (laughs) as is, I mean, why change that? And I I like that you brought that up. That's correct. That is awesome. Now, the finance bar. Mm -hmm. I absolutely, from the moment I saw that, uh, because we're both members of the same community of FinCon, which those of you listening have heard this uh, multiple times, I mean, mentioned FinCon. So the moment I saw you share your the concept of the finance bar. I just completely fell in love. So tell us a little bit about how that came to be. How was that born? Why did you decide to do this? Yeah, sure. So before the finance bar, Jen, what many or what a lot of people didn't realize is that I was operating a, a financial nonprofit before that. And it was just called Financial Empowerment Charlotte. So I was already in the business of promoting financial wellness, financial empowerment, um, and then just speaking with people about the importance of it all along. And the reason why I started that is because I had two parents that were laid off. It was my mom and it was my stepdad. They both were laid off like within less than a year of one another. Um, About a year later, my best friend was laid off from her job. So it was just during that time, or, or that year, Jen, it was a lot of layoffs like going on in my area, in the Charlotte community, and in a lot of other places. And because I had that, you know, that itch for financial wellness, it just so happened at the same time is that food trucks were becoming a really big thing here in Charlotte. It was just 
huge. It was like becoming the new thing. And I always said, well, if they can put food on a truck, why can't I put finances on a bus? And it was just kind of like this joke that I always made to myself. And one night I remember it very vaguely. It was a Sunday night and I was reading the Charlotte Observer. It's our local (laughs) newspaper. And they had stories of women that had opened up either a food truck gin or either a uh, mobile fashion boutique. And I was just mm. like, it's just so, it's so neat. It's almost like a treehouse for women, like adults. And I just wanted somehow to better understand how can I do this from a financial aspect. So I just started Googling like school buses, buses, like how to, like how mm-hmm. to buy a bus and all of that stuff. And I told my husband, I said, you know, it would be really neat if I could put finances on a bus and get a, you know, purchase a bus. And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> nope, we're not doing it because that same year, Jen, our son was preparing to go to college. Ooh, so yeah. we had a like that very same year that I wanted to do it. It was like he was rolling into college that next year. And I was like, okay, well, you know, just the thought. And I just wouldn't let it go. Like every week I would talk about getting a bus. So one night, one day I convinced him. I said, you know, I found one. If we can just go look at it. Uh, we don't have to buy it. Let's just go see it. And he was like, okay, we'll go see it. So of course we went, Jan, we, it was in Lake Norman mm-hmm. and it just happened. A pilot was selling a bus. Uh, it was for his wife. They had like little cattle or something that they fed Jan. Long story short, they were supposed to cut the top off the bus. Didn't get to do it. Uh, they became pregnant again as a family <laughs> and it was just bad timing for him. So they decided to sell it. So we went, we saw the bus. On our way back home, of course, I couldn't let the thought of it go. I let the owner know, hey, I'll text you tonight or call you and just let you know my decision. Came home, talked to my husband, and finally he was like, okay, well, if we get the bus, the bus will sit, and we're not doing anything to the bus yet. And I was like, (laughs) okay. So (laughs) we went and got the bus the next weekend, Jen, and it was just history from there. As soon as I got the bus, I was ready to do everything to it, and here we are. That's exactly how it happened. And no business plan, no business plan, uh-huh. no thought out strategy, no like how's the market, none of that. It was just a vision. I purchased the bus and here we are today. Love it. And it's absolutely beautiful. And I can't remember if when we were at FinCon Charlotte, if I actually went in the bus, but I feel like I have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I, cause it's like I said, it's just beautiful in there. It's welcoming and it gives that because with finances as you know it's it's an icky subject or a lot of people feel so icky and so you've created an atmosphere where people go in and feel good and it's Mm -hmm. such a great start uh, to talk money and and since then where have you taken it on the road? Because it's it's a financial education on wheels, basically. Yeah, it's financial education on wheels, Jen. So for now, I only take it between North Carolina and South Carolina. Okay. Because, but because it's a school bus and because it's a decorated school bus, it can't go, you know, as fast as a car would. Because gotcha. um, it really is a school bus. And for those that may not know, a school bus has something on it called a governor. Um, and for safety reasons, it can't go any faster than 55 miles per hour because it was purchased and built for the sake of having students on it. Um, So between North Carolina and South Carolina, Jen, to different schools, organizations, college campuses, um, those types of things. But in addition to the bus, because I carry it around, I don't work with individuals on the bus, let's say Mm -hmm. if they need personal finance coaching. So the finance bar also now has a coaching suite. Mm-hmm. Um, in Uptown Charlotte, where I'm where I'm able to work with individuals on a more intimate level. Love it, love mm-hmm. it. So I what I also wanted I wanted to go 
take it back to the nonprofit? Because once you started, once you saw the bus or had the idea of the bus or the finance bar, you were operating a nonprofit. I think you mentioned it was financial empowerment, Charlotte. Okay. So why did you, what was the drive to start that? And how long have, were you doing that? And why, why did you get started with that? Um, I would say that my, my drive for doing it, Jen, is that I just saw um, the power of money. I saw that if you just really managed your finances in a way or just tried your best to have a better or gain a better understanding around it, what it could do for you. Um, but I would also say that a lot of it came from seeing what was happening around my town with the different layoffs that were happening. Like I was seeing people that were getting uprooted from careers that they had been in gym for over 20 years. You know, some people were prepared and then you had some people that were not. So for me, it was just making sure that I could get as many people prepared as possible, because if you've never been there or you're, you've never experienced a layoff to be maybe living from paycheck to paycheck or and then going from that to no check at all, or you've been 20 years or less in a career where you've been getting paid to. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Not getting paid at all. It can be very scary if you're not prepared. So for me, that came from wanting to prepare people as much as I can. And then, of course, my background and my career has always been, for the most part, in finance, in the Mm -hmm. banking industry. So I also saw a lot that would take place there. So that was really it for me is just trying to prepare people as much as possible. And I'm very big on Jen is that it doesn't matter what your financial lifestyle has been in the past or what it is right now. I think that financial awareness is something that should be afforded to everyone. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one part that was missing in my area. Like Charlotte is if not the first or the second largest banking capital mm-hmm. or bank city that there is. So I saw a lot of banks, Jan. I saw a lot of financial advisors. But we both know, like, if you go to a bank, you typically you're going in there to get a product. It could mm-hmm. be anything, a savings, checking account, whatever. It could be to get a loan. And then with advisors, for those that may not be familiar, many people have the thought around advisors are just if you, you know, for a certain person that has a certain amount of assets or make a lot of money. So then, so what was that middle ground, Jen? So it felt like there was either a place for people that was just going to the bank for loans or to open up an account, or you earned a certain amount of money and then you would go to an advisor. So what about the middle people though? Right. Who was who was helping them? So for me, that was the biggest thing is to not leave anyone behind, which is why I created Financial Empowerment Charlotte that then turned over to be the finance bar, which is what it is today. I love that. I love it. So when you started this and you were mentioning you wanted to make sure those we were seeing a lot of layoffs and some Mm -hmm. people were ready, some some people weren't. What did you see? Those that weren't ready, what were some of the things that they could have done, obviously, or things that uh, that were missing and why they weren't prepared? Uh, an um, emergency fund, that type mm-hmm. of thing, or what kind of things did you see? Yeah, so one, emergency funds, Jen, or just saving in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, not thinking ahead when, you, when we consider things like insurance, Jen, mm. uh, when it comes to 
life insurance or disability insurance, because for a lot of people, we just think, hey, if we go to a job, we have disability insurance, but not even realizing if you become disabled or you're on short term disability, you're only getting paid a percentage of what you earn. And how many people can really survive off of a portion of their pay of their mm-hmm. paycheck? Most people need it all. So those two things on top of not understanding where their money went not knowing the cost of their lifestyle. Most people can tell you how much money they earn each month and that's down to the cent. Mm -hmm. But what most can't tell you is how much does my life cost me every single month? So those are the biggest things um, that I saw in the very beginning. And I still see that, Jan. But I think most importantly, even aside from the nuts and bolts of dollars and cents, it's just a sense of accountability, which is why Mm -hmm. I think Finance Bar works so well, is that I love this. I love trying to hold people accountable. I love getting in front of it. So it's not always dollars and cents. It's more so getting people to be accountable and then staying the course because we all live busy lives. And most people, you know, get their families prepared for the day, get their children ready, go to work, come home, try to have an enjoyable life. And a a lot of times finances come at the very last of all of it. Right. And accountability is so important because if we think about it, we are growing up, as children, we're held accountable by our parents, right? In uh-huh. school, we're held accountable by the teachers to get the work done, the homework or a combination with the parents. We get to college, the accountability is somewhat there, right? Uh, you, you pay to go to college, but if you fail the class, oh, well, it's not, <laughs> you just have to retake it. So the accountability lessens and then you get to the real world. And where's the accountability in, in life in general, right? Maybe, right. uh, well, if you don't show up to work, then you either get fired, don't get paid or whatever, but there's some sort of accountability within the job. But in general, there isn't. So we're, it's just not, it's, we, we have a need for accountability because we grew up with it. And it's just natural to, with our money habits to whether we have good ones, sometimes we just fall off the bandwagon. And I know I, with the clients that I've served, they've come back sometimes because, they need that accountability, uh, more accountability. So accountability is huge, whether uh, it's around people uh, that you're surrounded by that are, you know, working towards the same goals or paid accountability too. So I, I think it's huge, huge, huge to have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Oh my goodness. This has been awesome. So I want to learn a little bit about more about you in terms of what would you say you do well with money? Oh, manage it. So I would say that I do well uh, with managing money, Jan. I'm a fan of having money dates, and I do that on every Saturday morning. So I would say one thing that I do really well with money is just managing it, look at it, looking at it, paying attention to it. Um, That's what I think I do well with it. Awesome. So tell us about your money dates. So you said every Saturday morning. Do you sit down yourself with your husband? How does that look like? Sometimes it's it's with my husband. Uh, other times it's by myself at least once a month uh, mm-hmm. as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what that looks like, Jen, is just going through all of our banking statements, uh, making sure that we are on top of everything that we owe and things that need to be paid. I'm a fan of checking our credit reports every single month because we're enrolled in something that allows us to get a report and our number um, every month. So what's big for me is that I do that every week, Jen, but then I also like to set monthly money goals. So Mm -hmm. if there's a certain amount that we want to save in one given month, or 
if there's a debt that we know we want to get paid off by a certain date, those are the things that I, I pay really close attention to and bank statements. Like if I mm-hmm. feel myself being off and not um, doing things that I should be doing is that bank statements, I think, tell a true story. Yes. So I think that I do a very good job of just paying attention to what we're doing compared to what we would say we would like to do, which is our money goals. Awesome. And then you're probably the one that manages the money or is it primarily you? Does your husband have some tasks that he does? Me. Okay. Yeah, it's primarily me for the most part. Awesome. It's me. And you do you use, um, as far as a system, do you use a spreadsheet? What kind of, how do you manage, what kind of system do you use? I'm very old school, Jen. I'm pencil, <laughs> paper, and calculator. Love it. Love, I love it. it. Pencil, Absolutely. paper, <laughs> It's spreadsheets spreadsheets and software for business stuff, for the Uh finance bar, but for household finances, yes, pencil, paper, calculator, and highlighters. I love it. I don't know what it is. I have this thing for like paper and marking things and things. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. And what would you say has been the best money you've spent? Oh, on buying my bus. I hear that. I think it's, well, just from the outside looking in, I think it's been a good decision. But I mean, I tend to favor the finance bar because it's innovative and I, I love it. As you know, I'm, I'm at a loss of words just because it's, <laughs> I love it. Well, I love so all that you have done. It. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Marsha. I really have enjoyed talking to you. I love learning a little bit more about your money story and more about the finance bar. Just the background of how it came to be, the story of the bus and everything. So it's been fantastic. And as you know, this podcast is about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Her money matters because she matters. Love it. Love it. Well, this has been fantastic, Marsha. I appreciate you being here and I am sure we'll connect soon. Absolutely, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. pensaste? What did you think? She was fantastic, wasn't she? I hope that you enjoyed Marsha as much as I enjoy chatting with her. Now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the discussion we had and some of the highlights. But before we do that, like usual, I want to do the weekly shout out or what I've been calling la mención. So we're adding a little more Spanish in the show. And this week's La Mención goes to Laurie. Laurie just recently discovered us from another podcast, which I absolutely love. And she didn't hesitate. She jumped right on into the conversation, got involved in our community. And it was fantastic. We recently had a thread going where you posted three statements about yourself. So it was really the purpose of the thread is to get to know each other. And two of the statements had to be false. And one of them had to be the truth. So she jumped on in with hers and it was fantastic. She really stumped us with hers. There was like some really great statements. Now back to today's show, Marsha mentioned her memories from her, the vacations, the amusement park, from eating at the parking lot with the pack lunches and her thoughts of what we have is enough. So I want you to think about that for a moment. What does this mean to you? When you say this to you, what sparks up for you? Do you feel content? Do you feel at ease? Or are you feeling like you're lacking? And why is that? With her, she was content with what she has, or she was content, is content, right? So when she thinks through that, 
Marsha is completely at ease, right? So I want you to start thinking about if you say that to yourself, what we have is enough. What does this mean? Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be content. Maybe you're in a situation where you are having to spend or spending, uh, depending on what your expenses are, uh, more than you make, right? And maybe what you have is not enough. Maybe you're needing some more income. So I want you to think through that because if what you have is not enough, why is that? Is it the income? Is it maybe uh, the lack of income? Is it maybe that you're there's some things that you're really wanting that you haven't been able to get? What does that look like in numbers and what it is? And get clarity around that, right? And when you come to that statement and you think to yourself, what we have is not enough. Now, when you're finding yourself with that statement that is not, it doesn't settle well with you, again, you have to peel back the layers. You have to ask why, because from asking that why, you'll be able to discover what that is. So you are able to move towards being content with what you have is enough. All right. So it's asking that why, peeling back the layers, digging through what that is, because like I said, Maybe in your particular situation, your expenses exceed your income, and maybe it's a need of a high, of more income. Uh, maybe for you that you there are some things that you maybe you've been wanting to travel more, but you haven't been able to have make that happen. So what that what is that for you? And if what you have when you say it, if it feels good to you, but for some reason you're spending more than you like, you you want to kind of reel that in, figure that out why that is happening. Now for when I say this personally, I feel good overall about it. But if there's something really missing, it's for me personally, is to someone is for someone to help me with the cooking. But that is like what's currently what I've mentioned this before, like me having wanting to have a chef like that's my Big dream for me, I feel like that solves a lot of my, um, some of the stress that I feel sometimes, but that's just what I am personally going through in the season of life. So I wanted to share that with you because when I say that overall, it feels good. What we have is enough. But for me, that missing piece <laughs> is having someone to help me with the cooking. Um, that's for some reason, that's one area that stresses me. And I'm just being real with you. So again, think through what that statement, what we have is enough. Say it to yourself. Think through what this means for you. Does it feel good to you and you're completely at ease? Or do you feel a little bit of uh, kind of unsettling within you? So what sparks up with you? Ask yourself, why do you feel this way? And go through that. Just I just challenge you to think through this and write it down. Because sometimes we start thinking through these things and we have some great thoughts, maybe we have an aha moment, but there's something magical when we write it down. It has like this deeper meaning. It has this deeper effect or impact, I should say, for us. So I really challenge you in these episodes when I talk to you and challenge you with a little something, with a little call to action, I want you to just take it seriously in terms of not just thinking through it. Because sometimes we have, like I said, we think things through but it just kind of goes away. It's like when we get inspired and motivated and we come back, I don't know, for maybe an event, we got motivated and excited or New Year's is around the corner, we're motivated, excited, and we feel like this is it. We're going to get through this. Uh, we're going to get uh, achieve some things. And then the buzz, if you will, just kind of goes away. 
right? But if you sit down and just kind of and write those things, that buzz, if you will, I don't know if that's the right word I should be using, but that will stay a little longer. And I hope that makes sense for you. Now that is it for today. Be sure to check out more on Marsha over at thefinancebar.com. She has a lot of fantastic tips and inspiration on her Instagram, which is just simply The Finance Bar. She posts a lot and it's fantastic stuff. So I encourage you to follow her on there as well if you're on Instagram. Now, don't forget that if you are tired of doing all the right things, that the financial advice tells you to do, but for some reason, you're not getting the results you think you should be getting. If you are tired of following that traditional money advice, because I found myself in that spot, uh, because for some reason it's not working for you, my one-on-one coaching may just be the solution for you. And a way to figure that out is just go through the application process. It'll take you through some questions and it'll get you thinking. And just applying doesn't mean you're committed to this, but I just encourage you to apply. It's at jenhemphill.com forward slash application. The coaching that you receive, that knowledge and that those things that you learn is going to last you a lifetime. So if it's something that you've been pondering, if it's something that in your financial journey, you're feeling stuck and you're tired of feeling stuck because you've been doing all the right things, I encourage you to apply over at jenhemphill.com forward slash application. Now, next week, I'll be sharing with you the conversation I had live at FinCon. And you've heard me mention this before. If you've been listening for a while, that FinCon is one of my favorite conferences. And in that conversation uh, that I had live, it was recorded at the event. It's with two military spouses where we really talk military money. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Marsha for joining us, for sharing her story. You can uh, check out more on Marsha and how to find her over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 124. And also don't forget, if you love this episode, I encourage you and it would be the mean the world to me if you shared it with a friend. So thanks again for joining me and I'll talk to you next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.